Welcome back, Nebraska Athletics Podcast, episode 20. It is Thursday, May 16th, 2.30 p.m. here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, let's see, Brian, we're watching some NBA draft combined and uh, number 71 right there. It looks like 71, Isaiah Roby on the floor for the, uh, for the scrimmage here. 71. <laughs> That's an 30, interesting 36. Yeah, you see all these weird numbers out there. It looks like everyone on the dark team is like... 40 and below and then everyone on the white team is upper because the guy shooting free throws right now is 78 and somebody else is 63 so it's interesting how do you signal a foul if you're a referee i don't know uh I'll, use those, two hands those are some hard numbers to put together and especially when you're trying to actually put it backwards so then the table can see it the right way um all right enough talking about jersey numbers um well, if, uh, if you're watching the draft combine, like I said, they're scrimmaging right now. Um, I was watching the beginning of it, and uh, Jay Billis was on. He actually had Isaiah Roby as one of his um, up-and-coming risers. I think Jay had him ranked mm-hmm. 53rd overall. Um, so I would put Isaiah kind of at the back end of the uh, second round. But I, I think I saw a projection. I'm not sure who it was. Um, so, you know, don't take too much uh read into it but had him in the first round in, in somebody's mock draft yeah he's really got a chance to today tomorrow will throughout the next couple of days to really increase his stock and show what what he can what he can do and you know he checked in measurable measurables pretty good um six seven and a quarter without shoes six seven excuse me six eight and a half with shoes a seven one wingspan which we pretty much knew about and uh nine inch long hands ten and a half ten and a half inch width for hands who obviously you knew he had huge hands too a 3.9 percent body fat and there's only i think three other guys out of the i don't know 50 or 60 in the combine that have a lower body fat percentage than than isaiah so he's in pretty good shape um literally and figuratively and wish him the best of luck in this combine and at this point i guess we can kind of assume that he'll stick around but stick around as in stick around in the draft but he still has the opportunity to uh withdraw and come back for his for his senior year but as these projections go by and we see him in action and jay billis does what he does i think Mm -hmm. it's becoming more and more obvious that um he doesn't have that hard of a decision to make at this point but we'll see we'll see exactly still uh still time and a lot of time for things to change uh, one way or the other. Um, well, speaking of the uh, current members of the Husker basketball staff or Husker basketball team that we're pretty sure will actually be on the floor next year, uh, big day yesterday, three more additions to the roster. I know we talked last week that you're going to need a program to know who is on the floor next year, and yeah. we figured more, more additions were coming, and we got uh, two high school seniors yesterday and then a, uh, a transfer from Tennessee that will sit out next year and Derek Walker. Um, talk about some of the new additions to the roster we saw yesterday. Yeah, I think we have two players right now who have to sit out next season. One of them, as you mentioned, is Derek Walker. Uh, the other one is uh, Delano Banton from Toronto. He's already had has already been uh, signed before yesterday. But everybody else will be eligible to play uh, this year. And I think I'll just probably go ahead and run down all of the newcomers right now and just a little bit about each one, not just the ones from yesterday, but to kind of give our fans idea of, you know, who's who. And as far as the newcomers for this year, um, it goes back to, like, well, Samurai Curtis is 
probably one of the bigger ones that you mentioned as of, as of yesterday. And he was Ohio Mr. Basketball in 2019. Uh, originally was going to go to Cincinnati, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is correct. And then had signed went, a national letter of intent. Yeah. And then the coaching change there. Obviously, Mick Cronin went to UCLA, so uh, a huge coup for Fred Hoiberg to to get Curtis. He's a 6'4", 190-pound guard. He averaged 33.8 points and 5.2 assists at Xenia High School last year. Shot 51% from the field, 34% from three-point range. Uh, he had a 52-point performance his senior year it was his second career 50-point game and he finished eighth in state history with 224 free throws so scored a 2109 points in his career which was a school record for for Zenia high school so a legit guard there jeremy yes sounds like somebody that can fill it up um has a little bit of size like you said six four Listen, 190, you, can, you know, figure maybe he gets up to 200, put some size on him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a big get for uh, Coach Hoberg, especially, like you said, he was he was going to Cincinnati and then like, with the coaching change. So um, that's, that's a big addition, especially, and it's not a transfer. It's a, it's a four-year player. Exactly. And then Derek Walker, he's from Kansas City. He actually visited Nebraska, I believe, in 2015 as part of a group. Um, he's a 6'8", 230-pound 235 pound forward and he went to uh, Tennessee played two seasons there so he'll have to sit out the 2019-20 season and then be eligible with two years remaining after that so uh, he played in 30 games as a sophomore for the volunteers for the Sweet 16 team yeah they, they, were, they were pretty good last yeah, year 31 and 6 so uh, he came off the bench didn't play just a, a whole lot obviously he's a transfer so that mm-hmm. stands to reason uh, he did shoot 53% from the floor. Um, he had five points, two boards, and a pair of assists, and a win over Georgia. That was kind of his kind of his highlight. And he played actually more as a freshman. He played in 34 of the 35 games, averaged uh, a little bit more in terms of minutes, 8.8 minutes per game, um, just over five minutes last year. So, uh, again, he'll be a guy who have to, we'll have to sit out next year, and uh, we'll add some size and – some skill and versatility for Nebraska in the, the season after that. So, also uh, Kevin Cross from Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, another big six eight, two hundred forty pounds, and he chose Nebraska over Oklahoma State and TCU. So another four year kid here for Fred Hoiberg. Uh, last year, he helped the school to a 28-5 record and a runner-up finish in Class 4A. He averaged 18 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and he was the MVP at the All-Metro Classic when he scored 32 points, which included six three-pointers. So we know that Nebraska will have uh, or want to shoot the three-pointers a lot this year, so that's obviously a good thing to see right there. And uh, going back uh, a little bit further, this is where you might need a pronunciation guide. I kind of feel for for uh, Ken Pavelka, the <laughs> play-by-play guy for Nebraska, because he not only will have to put a lot of names to faces, but then have to pronounce some of these names. So we'll do this carefully with Ivan Wadraogo, who signed a national letter of intent. Uh, he's 6'9", 260. He's from France. 
and chose Nebraska over TCU, Georgia Tech, and Vanderbilt. And Fred says he obviously likes his size and physicality, and he just turned 17 in March. So you got to think that he's probably not done growing, maybe. No, I think I remember seeing he's, and he, why he's uh, the ages. I believe he skipped a grade in elementary school, if I remember reading correctly. Could be. That, that could be. That would be an interesting story for uh, when I have a chance to sit down and, and talk to some of these people. So obviously no shortage of individual player features and mm-hmm. profiles to write with the basketball team this year. There will be a lot of them. So uh, also, uh, Shamil Stevenson Correct. is a 6'6", 245-pound, kind of a guard-forward combo. He's uh, from Toronto, and he is a transfer from Nevada and Pittsburgh. So Played at Pitt, yeah. transferred to Nevada, Nevada in the second semester, but I don't believe I ever played at Nevada last year. Yeah, he'll, he'll be like a half-a-year guy. I think he has to sit out a semester and then is eligible in January. Is that right? Yeah, I'm sure we'll probably put in a waiver. Yeah. I would. I'm. This is no inside information. I'm assuming we'll try and make him el- get him eligible as yeah. right away. But uh, yeah, he played a pair of coaching first. changes because Pittsburgh had a coaching change, yes. and he went to Nevada. Nevada. Uh, Eric Musselman went to yes. Arkansas, so another coaching change there. So, so it'll uh, probably kind of be something like uh, Isaac Copeland a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, very well played the first semester at Georgetown, and then transferred. And um, so yeah, at the minimum, I believe he will. You know, right now, sit out the first, basically until January 1 yeah. next year, and then we'll be eligible. But I'm sure we'll try and get him eligible for the first semester as well. But, and mention what you brought up before. Yes, Del- Delano uh, uh, Banton is Banton, the other yeah. uh, player that will have to sit out next year and then have, he'll actually have three years remaining. Um, so him and okay. Derek, Derek okay. Walker will, all, will both be out next year sitting out due to transfer and then will be avail- available in 2019. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, and Shamil, he um, he just transferred actually in January, so he wasn't really, he he didn't play do anything in Nevada. He was just there for a semester. But as a freshman, when uh, when he was at Pitt, he played in thirty two games and he started thirteen. Um, averaged eight point five points, four point four rebounds, and assist. Uh, shot a team high fifty five percent, fifty point five percent from the field, and was second on the team in rebounding as a freshman. So. He actually had some pretty good time in there as a as a freshman, but again, a coaching change, and he went out west, and now he's back Midwest. So he's been pretty much all over the country in his yeah, young career. One thing you kind of like about him is that uh, he shot almost about thirty eight percent from three, but got to the foul line a team high one hundred twelve times. So not yeah. only can he got a decent stroke from the outside, but also can attack the rim. Yeah, he's um, a big he's a big dude too six six two forty five. So yeah. to be able to do all that st- stuff, be versatile and everything. That, be an interesting, uh, interesting player for uh, for Nebraska for the fans to watch and everything. But uh, we mentioned uh, Delano Benton from from uh, Canada, Toronto. Yep. Uh, it's a former top one hundred recruit. He played thirty one games at Western Kentucky and averaged three point four points, three rebounds, two point one assists per game, made twelve starts, and he played against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's uh, ranked number fifteen at the time. And he flirted around with the triple-double. He had 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and 8 points in a career-high 38 minutes. And that was against, uh, again, Wisconsin. So he's got a taste of some uh, Big Ten competition there. But moving on, we have another transfer. (laughs) Uh, 
Mate Cabas is a three-point specialist. He, he is from, uh, well, he's transferring from Seattle. He played the past three seasons there. He's a 6'8 guard, and he had 177 career three-pointers and is a career 44.7% shooter from three-point range. That's pretty good. Yeah. He's sixth among active Division One three Division One players in three-point shooting, and he will have uh, just one year left at Nebraska, but it'll be a big year for for Cabas and the Cornhuskers uh, if he can shoot the three-pointer mm-hmm. like that because Nebraska could, uh, could use some three-point shooting, and as we uh, have well established, it'll be a three-point shooting offense with Fred Hoiberg, so it's good to see somebody like that join the frame. Especially if they end up, uh, I know there's talk right now of uh, college basketball moving back to the three-point line. Uh, next year yes. already. Yeah. That, that, wouldn't, um, that would take effect immediately, mm-hmm. and I kind of think that might happen, actually. So, And let's see. I think that's it for the newcomers right now. Uh, we didn't... Guys that we haven't covered anyway. I know last week yeah. we, we talked about... Uh, uh, Hanif Cheatham. We've, yeah, we talked about we, him. Yeah, we've talked about him before. At least we uh, talked about Cam Mack. Cam Mack. Um, we've talked about Gervais Green. Um, and then you're looking at a Cole Grop. We've talked about for the yeah. freshman that will become from Omaha. Um, walk-on Jace Piekowski. Um People probably know who his father is. Uh, he's a walk-on right now from Omaha, went to Elkhorn South, I believe. Yeah. Um, I believe that's all the new additions. Um, is that it? <laughs> I think that's it. And I think right now, after basically, I think we've had five since last Thursday. I think yeah. we're, unless. Well, this is it. I think this it, is pretty much it. I think they're, we're they're one over the limit right one now. One over the limit. So, so again, you put two and two together and divide by no. I, I, th- I think what that all means is they are assuming that Isaiah will will stay in the draft. But, yep. And then that puts you right at your scholarship and then, limit. And then your, your 13 scholarship limits. So assuming that all happens and Isaiah stays in the draft and these are your 2019-20 Nebraska Cornhuskers, all 13 of them, plus one for a walk-on for a total of 14, that would mean there is one player returning on the team who played last season. Correct. And that is Thorier, and he scored 50 points, I believe. And we did the math here a little bit ago. Um, you helped me out with the math there. That <laughs> was my strong suit. And that would mean that Nebraska would return 1.9% of its scoring from last season. Correct. So, Which... Uh I'm sure it's been well, – we've talked well, before about, you know, Kentucky and some of those teams that are have all the one-and-dones mm-hmm. and, and lose a lot. So I'm sure it's – there's been numbers like that before, but not with this kind of situation, I don't Less think. Less than 2% would be pretty tough because even if you had a, a team of maybe five guys that were one-and-dones, you, you figure yeah. at least you got a couple of bench guys coming back that probably scored more than 2% of your points. But, um, you know, I went back and uh, somebody was talking about – Indiana when Calvin Sampson was was let go with all of the allegations and issues there and then Tom Crean came in the next season they had a huge roster turnover then and I went back and looked between from the 08 season to the 09 season and they returned only two players and one of them scored two points the previous year and the other scored 28 points okay so that'd be 30 points and I looked it up it was 30 out of Forty-four seventy-six. So, what is the percentage? Okay, so we're probably looking at less than two, less than one point nine percent of that. Then I think so. We were at fifty. So, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. I mean, so that was the one that I could think of. Okay. Um, it may not be as, uh, but that was an NCAA that we're thinking of. Yeah, that was an NCAA sanctioned type mm-hmm. of deal with. I just can't think of a situation where just voluntarily, which which I mean, none of this was forced upon anybody. Yes. It was just things that happened. So, without any NCAA violations or any other. Um, tragedies or anything like that. Uh, I, I just can't think of a situation where there's been that huge of a roster turnover. So. Yeah, it'll be uh, be quite interesting to see next year. Uh, a lot of changes at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, the type of offense you're going to see, probably the type of defense, and obviously all the people that are going to be wearing the uh, scarlet and cream on the floor. Um, well, unless you got anything about basketball, I figure we should move on to some Husker baseball who is uh, hosting their final series of the regular season. Um, actually weather tonight. permitting. Weather permitting, <laughs> yes, hopefully. We're looking at, uh, there's kind of been up and down talk on sun, Saturday of rain, so uh, you know if there are any schedule changes, nothing, nothing as of yet. Um, check out Huskers.com, uh, Husker underscore baseball on Twitter, um, our Husker app, we send out push notifications, so um, ticket office sends out emails. Uh, so, yeah, if there's any changes regarding schedule uh, specific to probably Saturday, because if that's the day it looks like it'll rain, um, we will put that information out. But as of now, it's it, everything's on a scheduled. Uh, series actually opens tonight. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. That's usually how it happens. Uh, last series of the regular season of the Big Ten, because the Big Ten tournament is next week and starts on Wednesday. So um, they move everyone back a day just to kind of – Get your pitching more on your on your weekly rotation, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Huskers and Wolverines. Wolverines are uh, come into the the weekend um, number one in the conference at fifteen and five. Huskers are at uh, thirteen and eight. So Michigan's actually going to play one. They're only going to play twenty three games this year. I believe they lost their one game. Uh, had a game rained out with Michigan State. Um, so, so Wolverines come in um, tops in the conference. Need to win, I believe, two games to lock up a conference title. Huskers could kind of finish all over the map. Right now, uh, they come into the weekend, I believe, in third place. Um, in a quite a tie for third place, actually. Uh, fourth place. Well, three-way three-way tie for third with Illinois and Minnesota, yeah. but the Huskers lost both those series, so they'd actually, I guess, technically they're in fifth right now. Um, but yeah, could finish. They could sweep Michigan. They get a little help. First to seventh. Right? Yeah, first to seventh. So yeah. the Huskers are in the Big Ten tournament. That's the main um, thing. They're yes. in the Big Ten tournament. So that's that's the big thing. If right you're there. if you're if you got tickets for next week in Omaha, or if you're thinking about buying tickets, um, your Huskers will be playing on day one of the Big Ten tournament, which I believe the schedule um, that first day games are at nine, one, five, and nine. Um, but yeah, get your tickets. Um, I think an all session pass basically for every game of the entire tournament is like fifty bucks. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a great deal. But back to this weekend, um, Huskers open up tonight, 7.30. Um, tomorrow's night's game is at 8 p.m., and then Saturday is at 2. And if you're asking, hey, I thought the games were at 6.30 tonight and tomorrow, um, those games were moved due to TV. The Big Ten Network is broadcasting all three games of the series. Um, so if you can't get to the game, um, you can still watch them on television. But 7.30 tonight, 8 p.m. tomorrow, and 2 o'clock on Saturday. Um well, Brian, we were talking about math. Do you have all the tiebreakers figured out? <laughs> no, I thought you no, had all that I, stuff I do. figured out. I do. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I've been kind of in the basketball mode trying to figure out this roster and Isaiah's situation at the Combine. So 
Uh, I'll leave the uh, baseball tiebreakers to you, Mister <laughs> Foot. So, uh, so Indiana. Let's let's just look at this. Uh, if Indiana sweeps, um, and Nebraska sweeps, Huskers can't jump them because Indiana's one ahead in the win column. They're at fourteen seven. Now, this is also figuring that everyone's going to play all their games this weekend without getting any rainouts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if that happens, then all things go out the window because it all goes by winning percentage. Um, but if the Huskers can sweep and Indiana wins two out of three, and I believe they're playing Rutgers this weekend, um, the teams didn't play this year, so there's no head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, then it goes to common record against common opponents. Well, I broke that down, and um, the teams played Iowa, Penn State, Michigan State, Minnesota, Illinois, and Michigan. And theoretically, Huskers would have to sweep, so you give them a 3-0. Um, they would be tied then. They'd each be 12-6 and six against those mm-hmm. um six teams and then the next tiebreaker is um whoever has the higher rpi and so as of right now indiana higher rpi than the huskers um uh, indiana's rpi i suppose would drop a little bit um just because of where Rutgers is at if they went two and one huskers beating michigan who has a higher rpi would be it'd be hard to tell indiana probably would stay ahead in the rpi um in that situation and, and win the conference um, win the conference outright. I guess they would share the title, but in Indiana would get the number one seed in the tournament. Um, but so that's the that's the tiebreaker there. If fans are looking at it, when it gets into all the other stuff, it is a mess because, like we said, Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Northwestern, the Huskers lost series to all of those teams. So mm-hmm. they lose the head-to-head tiebreaker. That's However, tough. you get that's a three-way tough. tiebreaker and teams didn't play each other, then there's completely different tiebreakers. So. We probably could talk for hours on end right now. Um, How about we just sweep this weekend just sweep and make you know, and then we'll hope that we get a little bit of help from some other teams, and uh, then the Huskers will be be in good shape. But like Brian said, um, no matter what, Nebraska is in Omaha next weekend or next week, um, which a lot of times, even going in the last weekend of the, of the regular season. Um, you could be third place, and you still might not have your spot locked up yet because yeah. the the conference gets pretty tight. Um, and then looking beyond that, uh, looking at last weekend with their ability to take two out of three from Arizona State, that was huge. It bumped their it RPI, and it, it kind of kept them in the NCAA conversation because after that Friday night game, when they got blitzed, you're starting to think, uh oh. Um, yeah. The- and then for them to come back and and show some moxie and win those next two games and and, and to stay in that NCAA conversation right now, I think a lot of the projections have them as a third seed here and there around. Yep. So we'll, we'll take that. We'll D1 take that. Baseball and Baseball America, I think both have them firmly in. Uh, I was reading kind of an at-large report today on D1 Baseball, and they had the Huskers firmly in. Um, and actually their their thought was, hey, you just won one game against Michigan this weekend and you keep your spot. But yeah. I think Darren Hurstead would love to win uh, – Two and yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to test three. you don't want to test them. You don't want no. to like get swept and then start no. to wonder again and put every everything on Omaha. So, but yeah, there's a lot a lot at stake this weekend with yeah. the the regular season conference, uh, the seeding for the tournament, and then obviously the postseason for the NCAA and uh, just uh, a lot going on for the for the baseball team as far as their future is concerned for this weekend. So it's a huge huge series and. Uh, Again, Saturday, questionable weather, but tonight, tomorrow night, looks pretty nice. So hopefully there'll be uh, some big, big crowds out there and uh, maybe get some of that Haymarket Park magic from, from yesteryear with those big crowds yeah. out there. So I think last weekend, like you said, you, you brought up the Friday night game. I think that was – last weekend was a perfect example of how basically – 
baseball is a game by game thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they basically had their butts kicked on Friday night, and that's how it is. But then they bounce back Saturday or Saturday, win two to one, um, jump out to a big lead on Sunday. Gets a little close to the end, but hang on and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you basically. I think the fans leaving on Friday night were probably thinking, "All right, the season's over." And, and it could have been, could have been, and the team. Um, credit to them, they you know dug in. Nate Fisher on the mound kind of set the tone early on, and um, they really you know as you kind of said, maybe saved their season. Um, mm-hmm. That you know a loss on Saturday, and that could have been kind of the end of the end of the end of the year. Um, but then, heck, you come back this weekend, maybe you sweep the thing, and then you forget about what happened last weekend. Yeah. So baseball is very much a, a game by game. Are you headed out tonight, Jeremy? Um, yes, yeah, so I've got uh-huh. got uh, son's got a baseball practice from six to seven, and then I plan on heading to Haymarket Park. What about you? I plan on coming out. Yeah, got one other question. What did you think as we're watching draft combine? What did you did you watch the draft lottery the other night? No, I did not. Okay, you, you know me in the NBA. So, <laughs> so that's true. Well, I, I'm just curious. You know, people are. You know, I think if the Knicks or Lakers would have won. Well, the, the the Knicks were, I guess, kind of supposed to be in the in the top mm-hmm. couple picks. But if the Lakers had jumped all the way from the 11th up to one, I'm sure the conspiracy theories would have jumped out there. Yeah, they're so, out there anyway. There's got to be a little bit with the Pelicans anyway, because you have the Anthony Davis stuff this year, and then yeah. is it the NBA's way of kind of saying? I, I wish they would just actually draw the ping pong instead of having the envelopes out there. Just get rid of the controversy and just draw the ping pong balls yeah. out where everyone could see it. And we don't have Patrick Ewing. <laughs> from however long ago. But, all right, enough draft talk. Uh, uh, get out to Haymarket Park this weekend. Like we said, cheer on the Huskers uh, and get to Omaha next week. So, uh, for Brian, Jeremy, talk to you later. Bye.